buckle up, buckle up. Uh, it's, I know it's 1130. I'm going to, I'm preaching this morning on anger. So I'm going to, I'm going to find out how many of y'all can deal with it. We're going to test it. We're going to see when, when about 11, when about 1225, we're going to see who's still here. No, I'm kidding. Let's hear. I have a full message. I'm ready to preach. I've got seven pages. I'm ready to preach a full message, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to torture y'all this morning. Uh, we've had a good morning. Amen had a good morning. So I'm going to give you all a really, really high speed condensed version of this. And then what I'm going to do is I think I'll, I'll, I'll save this in a, a, a PDF form and I'll attach it and I'll send it out as an email. And you guys can read the message that I had prepared to preach this morning. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the, I, I called it crib notes one time and I don't think that's the right word. It's not crib notes. What is it? What is it? Cliff notes. I did that and sir, I didn't even catch it. I didn't even catch it. I called it crib notes. I'm like, hey man, in the crib. So I don't know. All right, I do want to show this though. So I've been talking about, we've been talking about when God asks us why. We get mad, we 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 things go our don't go our way or whatever, and we we get mad about things, we start asking God why. Why this, why that? Why'd you do it that way? Why'd you not do it that way? And and so the the, the series we've been going through is when God asks us why, and it really launches off of this verse that in Psalm 50, 21 says, You thought that I was altogether like you. And that's kind of where we're at. That's the problem we've got. But here's I'm gonna give you the kind of I'm gonna give you on the front side right here, here's the problem. The problem's the flesh. The problem is the flesh. When we're in the flesh, we, we see it from our perspective. We're not seeing it from God's perspective. And that's the problem in every one of these that we've talked about. You know, why are you fearful? That was God talking about protection. I provide protection. Why are you fearful? Um, why are you fearful of death? And God provides eternal protection. When we've been born again, there's nothing for us to fear in death. There's no, no worries there. Last week, we looked at why are you worried? We talked about why are you worried about clothing? Why are you worried about what you're going to wear, or what you're going to eat? Why do we worry about these things? God knows we have those needs. He's going to provide for that. So we're talking about provision. Well, this morning, the topic of this is why are you angry? And we're going to look at how God prods us. He's prodding us with this question here of why are you angry? And so uh, I want to show this first. All right. So um, can you show me the first picture? You would like to, but it won't work. No worries. That's okay. We'll save it for next week. We'll save it for next week. I'm going to turn it into high gear. Y'all ready? Wait, wait, wait. You got it? Okay. What do you see? They can see it? Oh, we got... Oh, turn around and look back there. All right, what do you see? Y'all see a tape measure? No. No, no, no. Yes! Yes! Show the next picture. Now go back. All right. Now go forward. That's exactly right. That's not a tape measure. That's Mr. T. Man, and, 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 and you know what? You don't see it till you see it, right? It's, it's perspective. That's what we've been talking about, perspective. All right. Here we go. Genesis chapter 4. Turn there with me if you want to follow along. I'm going to put it in high gear. We're going to read the verses. I'm going to narrate a little bit. And then we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. But, but the question is, why are you hungry? Verse 1, Genesis 4, 1. And Adam and Eve, and Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and, and bore Cain and said... 
I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now there's a lot of different speculation about this, about when that happened. Here's what I'm, I'm going to give you. the. This is the CWV. This Conrad Westbrook version, if you're reading the commentary, this is what I think this is talking about. Because in the process of time, they had been going with their father. He had been offering sacrifices to God. He had been doing a blood sacrifice. He had taught his boys how to worship. They knew how to worship. They knew the, the method of approaching God. It had been presented to them the same way that it is with children in our churches today. But at some point, you get to a place where you have to walk in your own faith. These boys got to that place where they had to walk in their faith. It couldn't be daddy's faith anymore. It's got to be their faith. So in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now that offering is not the offering God had prescribed. There was a blood sacrifice. The shedding of blood was and still is required for the remission of sin. You with me? They had been taught that, but that's not the, the offering that Cain brought. He brought, he's a, he's a tiller of the ground. He brought the, the finest fruits. He brought the nicest flowers or whatever. All of this, he brought the biggest watermelon and the nicest tomato. He brought all these things and he put it on the altar. For some reason, Cain didn't like a blood sacrifice. He didn't like blood. You know what? That goes on in, 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 in the world today, in our, in, in our culture today. You know, there are churches today that have taken all the hymns about blood out. They won't sing about the blood because, oh, that's gross. That's gross. Oh, gross or not. You know, I, I've seen I've, in the country we've talked about earlier. Now we're on live stream, so I'm not talking about the name. But in that country, I've been there when they, when they slit the throat of, a, of an animal right there to kill it, dress it, and cook it for us. And I mean, it's like, it's, you know, if you're tender toward animals at all, you're like, man, that's kind of rough. But God said, and it goes back to Genesis chapter 3, for their sin to be covered, animals were slain. The shedding of blood for their sin to be covered. It's that way today. It's the same today. They knew. They had been taught what to bring. Cain decided, I'm going to bring my own. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I don't like God's way. I know that's what dad has taught me and God told him exactly what needs to happen and, and, and this is it, but I don't like that way. I'm going to do it my way and God's going to receive it. God's going to receive it because God's, God's reasonable. He's understanding. He's going to do it. He'll, he'll receive what I bring. Abel also brought the, first, the firstborn of his flock and of their fat and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Now, how do we know that? I don't know how we know that. I've read a lot of commentaries. We read the scriptures here, and, and we don't know how Abel knew. And But look, verse 5, it says, But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Now, from those verses, we, we don't have a, a definitive answer on how he knew. Here's what I believe. I believe, and as I've read, I mean, this is not original to me, but, but a lot of commentaries and commentators and theologians believe that what God did there was that God swooped down and received it by fire, received Abel's sacrifice, and he did not touch Cain's. And he proved with that. He showed. I mean, it's kind of obvious if, woof, and, and, the, and the sacrifice is gone, and God received it, it's obvious then that God received that sacrifice, and the other was not. However it was, Cain knew his sacrifice had been rejected. It was not received of the Lord, and Abel's was. And what happens with Cain? It says, and Cain was very angry. In the King James Version, it says he was wroth. 
Wrath. I mean, that word just sounds like you ticked, right? He was wroth. He was angry and his countenance fell. He didn't even try to hide his anger. He was walking in his anger. He's puffing. He's kicking rocks and throwing stuff. And, and he's red-faced and his veins are bulging. He's angry and, he, and he's not even trying to hide it. Look at verse 6. If I can find verse 6. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? He's prodding him. Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? Cain, why are are you upset? Why are you throwing a fit? Look at verse 7. He says, if you do well. And and what he's saying there is, look, if you're sinless, if you're sinless, he says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? So Cain, if you're sinless, would, would you not be? Oh, well, you're not sinless though. Or if you come in the right way, Cain, If you bring the right sacrifice for your sin, would it not be accepted because we have, we, the the, the Trinity, God Almighty has given you the prescription for your sin to be covered, for your sin to be forgiven, for you you to be accepted. He says, and if you do not do well, and he's basically saying, Cain, you are a sinner. If you're a sinner and you are a sinner, then, then look, sin lies at the door and it, speaking of sin, it desires Uh, His desire is for you. Sin desires to have you, and and it wants to rule over you. Look, Cain was angry, and God is prodding him here with, why are you angry? Why are you angry? I've told you the proper way to come to me. I've told you that. I gave you that prescription. He's given Cain the opportunity to be born again, to have his sin forgiven, and he's rejected that. Now he he asked him, and when he asked him that, why are you angry? You know what he's done there? God has given Cain another opportunity to to confess his sin right there and to repent of that sin and to turn to God and come to him the right way. He's given him the opportunity. But he throws that off and what does he do? He goes out and he gets his brother. He says, hey, we we need to have a talk. We need to have a talk. So he takes him out in a field. Why do you take somebody out in a field if you want to have a talk? So he takes his brother, they go out in a field, and they have a conversation. And there's actually a lot of writing from centuries ago, writing about the conversation, and the Jews have put together a lot of speculation on that. And basically is that Cain confronted, uh, Cain confronted Abel with, why, why did you bring that offering? And Abel came back with him, and that's the right way to approach God. That is the, and, he, and he basically preached the gospel to Cain, so we would see another opportunity right there. But what did Cain do? Cain gave gets angry with him. Now he's jealous of his brother because his offering was received of God and not his own. He's jealous with, with Abel. Now he's angry. It's grown into anger and he's out in the field with him. And this wasn't a fit of, of passion where they got in an argument. He intended to kill Abel. This was premeditated. This was, he, he, he intended when he took him out in the field, let's get out here away from everybody else. And he rose up against his brother and he slays his brother. He kills his brother. Isn't it amazing that, that, that here's Cain who didn't want to bring a, a blood sacrifice. He didn't want to bring a blood sacrifice for it to cover his sin, but he had no problem with the sin of him shedding his own brother's blood. It's, it's an incredible thing when you think about this. And if you look at the scriptures, all through scriptures, all kind of scripture I, I have here, that Abel, his was received because he was righteous. And it wasn't righteous because Abel was just born righteous. He was righteous because he came the right way to God. He brought that, that, that sacrifice for, his, for, for the forgiveness of his sin. And Cain didn't like it. You know, that's the way of Cain. That's right. 
That's the way of Cain. That's the way of Cain today. You have religions today who don't like the blood of Jesus. You have religions today who want to do it their way. It's the way of Cain. They want to do it their way. They want to come to God their way. They want to work to him their way. And they don't like the truth of the scriptures that tell us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by him. There is no other way. There is no other name under heaven given by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. There is one way to heaven and it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is it. And, when, and, and we see it today. You know, and it's not just the religions of religion. We have the religion of world worship and, and gender, gender worship and all of these. But it all comes back to self-worship. It's all the me, me, me's, me, me, me. Me, me's, me, me's. And that's what Cain had. He had a real bad case of the me, me, me's. You know what I mean? He's in the flesh, but he's a fleshly man. He's a lost man. It makes sense that he's in the flesh. But it goes on and he kills his, he kills his brother. And then God comes to him again and he says, you know, Cain, what have you done? He's giving him, he's prodding. He's speaking to his heart. He's communing with him. He's saying, Cain, what have you done? Where, where's your brother? What have you done? He gave him another opportunity right there. He, did God not know what he had done? It's kind of like when he come in the garden and ask Adam, Hey, Adam, what's up? Where are you at? What's going on? Has something happened? It was an opportunity to confess. What does he do? He lies. I, how, how would I know, God? Am I my brother's keeper? I mean, how dumb is that? But that's what, that's what we do in the flesh. We, 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 it's all about us. So we want to cover our tracks. And we're dumb enough to think God doesn't know what we've already done. But he's prodding him there. He is again, he's touching Cain. He said, Cain, what have you done? He gives him an opportunity right there to confess what he has done, to repent of what he has done, to turn to Christ and come back the right way to come to God for forgiveness of his sin. Well, he had already told him. He knew before he made the sacrifice. He comes to him when he got angry about it. That's two. Abel has done witness to him. That's really three opportunities. Now he comes again after he slays his brother. He's had a fourth opportunity and it again shows God's patience with us that he desires that none perish but that all come into come to repentance. He, he desires that all come to, to be forgiven, all come to be saved. I mean, he's got, he's patient with us. He loves us. He wants us to come to faith in him. And, and so here's what we see. But here's the problem that we see with Cain. We know he's a lost man. Amen. He's a lost man. He's rejected God again and again and again. It's amazing. God comes to him again, and again, and again. Chapter three, the serpent has to talk Eve into sin. Chapter four, the first man ever born and God now can't talk him out of sin. Wow, when the fall came, it came hard. And, and we think, well, man, man, it just gets progressively worse. The first man birthed on this earth became a murderer. Sin didn't have to learn to sin. It didn't have to digress. It was instant. Sin was there. Sin was in man. Man has fallen. And, and he rejected that. But Cain, uh, Cain was a lost man in the flesh. Abel was a saved man. Now, He's not the only one, and I'm going I'm to jump over here because he's not the only one. You know, if you if you look at um, if you look at Judas, uh, Judas. If you look at uh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah was a you know he's a, he's a prophet. Jonah's a a man of God, and he got angry for unrighteous reasons because he got in the flesh. 
He got in the flesh. Jonah didn't like that God was going to forgive the, the people of Nineveh. And there's a lot of different speculations about why he didn't like. Some of them say he was just prejudiced against them. Some of them, they had, the, the Ninevites had been very cruel to the Jews. And so there, there may have been an anger and a resentment and unforgiveness there, a bitterness and, and really a hate for them. He was excited. God's going to bring judgment on them. What? You want me to go preach to them? So now he goes and he, and he preaches and he goes and he sits mad because he's mad because God's going to forgive him. Because I, I knew it. I knew way back there, God, that's what you were going to do. You're going to forgive him. I want you to slay him, God. He, that's, I mean, that's really what was going on in Jonah's heart. He was in the flesh. Jonah thought God should judge the Ninevites the way he thought they should be judged. Uh, uh, Naaman, y'all know Naaman, you know the story there? He comes, to, he comes to the prophet and he wants to be cleansed of his, his leprosy. And he comes and he seeks him out and he comes and, and it's amazing. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10, it says, And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go. So Elisha doesn't even require him to come to him. He sends word to Naaman. He says, he says, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. Verse 11, but Naaman became furious. Why? And he went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hands over the place and heal the leprosy. See, Naaman said, Elisha is going to heal me, but he's going to do it the way I think he should. And when Elisha didn't do it the way he thought he should, instead of going and dipping in the river seven times and being healed, he gets mad about it. Why? Because he's a fleshly man. He's in the flesh. Um, all the workers in Matthew chapter 7, the laborers, the the, the, the master goes out and hires laborers. He hires them in the early part of the day, hires them in the middle of the day, hires them late in the day. And at the end of the day, when they're getting paid, the, the ones who came last were getting paid, and they got paid what the ones who were hired first had agreed to work for. And so the ones that, that got hired first had worked all day. They get up there thinking, well, man, if they got a, if they got a penny for their one hour's work, then I'm going to get 12 cents, uh, even though I agreed for a penny. That's what I agreed to, a penny. Well, surely I'm going to get 12 pennies because that's the way you should do because I worked a full day and that guy worked an hour. They got mad. They got mad at the master. They got mad at him because he didn't do it the way they thought he should. It's the me, me, me's. It's the flesh. Job. You know, Job handled well everything that happened early on. But as you read that and you read the conversation, Job, Job really got mad. He got upset. He, I, I didn't deserve this. This shouldn't happen to me. This is not the way this should have gone down. And, 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 and so Job gets angry and he wants his day in court. He wants, he wants to be able to present his case. And if you've read through that and you read the conversation there, it's amazing because God just starts spouting out stuff to him. He goes, hey, where were you when I did this? Where was, well, you must know, Job, because you're so smart. Or maybe you've been around so long that you were here when I was doing these things and you can explain this to me so just explain and he lists all these things and Job's like hmm I'll just shut my mouth well he's still mad now he's got an attitude so God gives him some more and at the end of it Job goes oh yeah you're right God 
I, I, I've had stinking thinking. I, I, I have thought I knew you all this time. I've, I, you know, I've heard of you with my ears, but now I've seen you with my eye. And I see you, God, and I understand. And he, and he was broken. And he was repentant. And God blessed him for that. But Job got angry. But you know what? It ain't just those guys. It's us. We get angry. We get angry about a lot of different things. But if you really boil it down, if you look at, if you look at why we get angry, all right, so some of the things, and you can think about things that make you angry, but if you get lied to or lied about, well, we get angry. If you get cheated or betrayed, you get angry. You're disrespected, man, they just, I can't believe they would talk to me that way. Huh. We, we get disrespected or talked down to. If we get used, somebody uses us for, for their own purposes, we get mad about that. Um, we get abused. Physically, emotionally, sexually, whatever. I, I, I've been abused. We get, we get upset about that. We get mad. We, we, I was ignored. You know, they didn't recognize me. You know, I did, I did so-and-so and so-and-so. Nobody said a word. Nobody recognized me. Um, how about this one? Get honked at in traffic. You can go zero to fuming if the guy behind you hits the horn, right? It, it, when they hit the horn, you know, I, I do. It, it bothers me. The light just turned green. Give me a second at least to get my foot from there to there. You know, that's the kind of thing. But we get angry because we've been disrespected. Or God forbid we get cut off in traffic or in a line. Man, imagine somebody walks up in front of you in the line at Walmart. We'd throw a fit because they broke in in front of me. Do you hear the common thread here? It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me and me. Man, being judged by others. Listen, it's really about the flesh. It's us being in our flesh. It's, we, we, you can treat them that way. That's okay. But man, don't treat me like that. Gina was telling, uh, Gina told the story. She was going, we were talking something about this, I think. And she, she was telling me a story. So she was going home and she was second in line at the light. And there was a car behind her. So there's three in line. Well, the light turns green. And she said the guy in front of her, was obviously doing something else. He wasn't paying attention. The light turned green. She says, it's two, three seconds now. We've been sitting there with a car behind her hits the horn. He goes through the roof and he thinks Gina did it. Y'all know little old Gina. She ain't going to honk the horn at nobody. But he's just fuming up there. Just, all right, right, right. So he's mad, he's mad at car two. But he shouldn't be mad at car two. Car two ain't done anything. Car three did that. But still, I mean, you're mad. You're mad because you weren't paying attention to the road. You're mad because you, you're in the fault and somebody called you on it. You know what the bottom line is? He's in the flesh. Because if you're not in the flesh, somebody hits the horn. You're, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I, you know, I just wasn't paying attention. Because there have been times where I'm like, yeah, okay. I, 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 me. And there been other times where I knew I was in the wrong and still made me mad. Right? You with me? Everybody agree? You understand now? This is flesh. When we get mad, it's, a, it's, like, the, it's like the warning light going on on, on, our, on our phone, on our, on our dash. There, there is a something ain't right. Something's wrong. And you need to stop and you need to check it. Because if you don't, it's going to do some damage. Your engine might seize up. But man, if you got anger that you don't check, you don't deal with, it, it, it can seize up in, in us. Okay? All right. All right. I'm jumping over a bunch. Now, I'm going to give you real quick some solutions. So we've kind of got the nutshell of what the problem is, all right? So here's the solution. i got four things for you, and then we're going to close. Here's the solution. Number one, to, to overcome this anger that is a result of our, it, it really is, it's pride. 
It really is pride because it's our flesh. We're walking in our flesh. We're living in our flesh. If we're in that, here's number one is you got to have the right perspective. You got to have the right perspective of everything in life. And that's a focus on the word of God. That's where that comes from. When we focus on the word of God, Psalm, Psalm 50, 21 again, that's what we talked about earlier. You thought that I was altogether like you. Look, we need to see it from God's perspective and quit looking at everything from our own perspective. We got to get outside of our own little bubble and look at it from God's perspective. Psalm 119 verse 165 is an incredible verse. It says, Great peace have they which love thy word, and nothing shall offend them. There is a direct tie right there with people who love God's word. Because you read God's word, you devour God's word, you're studying God's word, you're memorizing God's word. And then you, you know what you know? You know the word of God and you know the heart of God and you know the mind of Christ and you understand these things and it changes your perspective. And you know what? When that's the case, we don't tend to get as mad when we, when we have the right perspective. Psalm 119 verse, verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Number two, we got to have the right relationship the right relationship. And that's just speaking of our fellowship with God. Uh, Galatians 5, 25 says, if you live, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. We need to live our lives walking in proper fellowship with God Almighty. We need to be fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. We need to be in the word of God and spending time in prayer so that we not only know God's mind and his heart from the word, but we're in fellowship with him in that relationship. And Galatians 5, 16 says this, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Man, if we're really walking in the Spirit, yeah, I, and you, you know it, you get up in the... I-4 is a great test. You want to test where you're at? Get up in the morning, do an experiment. Get up one morning and spend, spend 30 minutes in the Word of God and 25 minutes praying and go ride on I-4. You know what? You'll handle it pretty well. You get up one morning and you don't read the word, you don't look at the word, you don't spend any time praying, you rush out of the house, you didn't get your coffee down good, and you're going to be mad in about 300 feet on I-4. Somebody's going to make you mad. It's a good test. Number three, you got to have the right attitude, and that's being formed to the will of God. Philippians 2 Verses 5 through 8, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You need to have the same attitude, the same mentality that I have, that God has, that Christ had. This is it. You need to have the mind which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But look, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Man, we, we need, if we've got an attitude like Christ, we're not going to walk around mad all the time. First uh, Peter 2, 23, Kristen, this is the verse we talked about this week. She, she, she brought this up. I said, this works for perfect right here. First Peter 2, 23, Jesus here, it says, it says he, but Jesus, uh, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But listen what he did do. He committed himself to him who judges rightly. When he was done wrong, he didn't lash out and seek to get revenge, and he could have. He could have struck them dead. What did he do? He committed himself to him who judges rightly. He's committed himself to the Father. We should do the same. Luke 6, 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. You know, there ain't a whole lot of me, me, me's in Scripture. Number four, you got to have the right activity. And that's being fervent in the work of God. 
1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's something about being busy in God's work that keeps your heart right and your head right when you're, when you're focused on that. It doesn't mean you can't slip into the flesh, but I'm going to tell you, working, serving God makes a big, big difference. And the old story is about coon dogs. There's an old story about coon dogs when they go coon hunting. Here's what happens. You take coon dogs and you, and you got to get from, from the kennels where you got them at home and you got to put them in the back of the truck and you got to drive out to wherever you're going to go hunt the coons, you know. So you put them in the truck, you put them in the cage, and you know what happens? Them things are going to fight all the way there. Why? Because they're not doing what they're made to do. They're coon dogs. They're supposed to be chasing them coons. They're supposed to be treeing the coon. I mean, that's what they live for. And now we got them in a cage together, and what are they doing? There's infighting and backbiting, and this one's on that one, and that one's on that one. And then you get there, and you open up the cage, and you get them out, and you put them on the scent, and, man, they're working in perfect unity. They're not fighting a bit. That's the way it ought to be in the church. When we're, when we're serving God, when we're doing what we're going to look, having the right perspective, the right relationship, the right attitude, and the right activity. Those things will help us. They'll help us. If you've got a problem with anger, let me just encourage you. Find out why. What, what is it? Why am, I, why am I angry? Is it because I'm walking in the flesh? Is it because I've disregarded the Word of God? And I think God ought to do it my way. I think God ought to accept me my way. Or do I, or do I submit myself to Him and His way? In his prescribed way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's pray. Let's stand and pray. Father, Father, I feel so rushed, and yet our folks have been so patient this morning. I, I thank you for that. And uh, Lord, as we've, as we've looked at this message just so quickly, Lord, we struggle at times with anger. And Lord, I, I know just like you came to Cain, you come to us. And, 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 and if, we, if we admit it, we know that. And we hear it and we feel it. We get angry about something and you, and you the Holy Spirit of God says, why, why are you angry? And you prod us there, Lord. And, and what you're wanting us to do is to reflect and to think on, why am I angry? What right do I have to be angry? What right am I claiming here? What right am I acting like someone has violated why do I think I have a right even to be angry about this? Lord, when we get in the flesh, we so often end up in anger. So, Lord, I just pray that as we have this song of reflection here and, and invitation, Lord, if there's anyone here struggling with anger, uh, Lord, I, the, the altar's open. It's a great time to come and just to talk with you and to put that at your feet and ask for uh, forgiveness, ask for healing, ask us, Lord, uh, Lord, Lord, for your help, to ask you for your help. Uh, in dealing with that and overcoming that issue of anger. Um, maybe maybe we, we've got a, a problem with anger. We're not sure why. Maybe we need to come and seek that from you. And Lord, maybe this morning uh, we, we, we have anger because we're walking in the flesh, not as a, a Christian in the flesh, but as a lost person who's just a fleshly person. Lord, this morning, if there's even one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray right now you would prod their heart. You would burden them. God, you would, you would so come upon them so heavy they could not leave here this morning without getting it right with you. So Lord, I pray that you'll move in this time of invitation. You'll have your will and way and we'll give you the praise and honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray.